I'm going to go ahead and give you the title on the front end because I think it's important. The title tonight is The Power of Repetition. The Power of Repetition. And I thought about that as I thought about my mom and dad. My mom, when we, st- when we lived in the projects, and we lived in the projects until I was about 10 years old. My mom would go to work. And we only had one car. And so my dad would take her to work, and she worked at a restaurant. And I don't remember if she was a cook or she was a dishwater, dishwasher, immaterial. What I remember is that that every day that she worked, she had to walk home because my dad was at work and he could not pick her up and bring her home. So we would get home from school and, and we, we lived in a project. And the projects, when we moved, they were brand new. We were the first one to occupy those who moved in. And so everyone almost knew everyone. So as a kid, you couldn't get away with anything because, you know, you don't want you don't want anyone telling Dorothy on you. You don't want anyone telling John on you because that's not a good sign. Okay, so when we would get home after school and we would uh, play in the yard because it wasn't too long afterward that that my dear would get home and we would always see her walking up the hill because we lived up the incline on the sidewalk and all of us would just run toward her and to greet her and welcome home. She did that every day of the week that we went to school. And it was roughly a five mile walk that she had to do every day because my dad couldn't pick her up. And so I thought about that and I thought about what she was teaching us in the process. And what she was teaching us in the process is that there are just some things, some responsibilities that you have that you just have to do them, whether they're convenient or not. And her walking those five miles home every day, I'm I'm probably sure dad may have picked her up sometime. He may got off early. I don't know. But I still remember all those times she would come home and we would meet her. For me, that is what repetition is about. That's what it taught me to see her do that. That's the power of repetition. My dad, up until 1972, he worked as an orderly at Murray County Hospital. And so his work took him there at Depending on what shift he worked, he would work from 1130 to 7 or he worked from 7 to 430, whichever case may be. Sometimes he would like to switch off. I remember those times when when he worked the night shift that he would if we were awake, he'd come in and give us a kiss or he let us know he's leaving to go to work. And sometimes he would get home before we would go to school and sometimes he didn't. I thought about that because not only did my dad have a job at the hospital as an orderly, he also had three other jobs. 
every weekend he had a job that he was working. One weekend he would go to Miss Ridley's farm and he would cut the grass. He would what well, he would do what we call today landscaping. OK, that's what my dad would do every other weekend at Miss Ridley's farm. The weekend that he didn't go to Miss Ridley's farm, he cleaned up Old Lamplighter Inn, which was a restaurant. And the, I always went with Daddy on both of them. I enjoyed it because that's where I learned how to mow a yard <laughs> on Miss Ridley's farm. And at Old Lamplighter Inn, you know, they had these little wafer crackers. We love those little wafer crackers. You know, they're kind of sweet. And then on a Thursday once a month, Thursday night once a month, he would go clean up his beauty salon. Now, I say all of that to say this. I saw my dad do that year after year after year. Okay? Just like the message that my mom taught me by seeing her year after year do what she do, what she did, the message my daddy taught me as a young man growing up is that two things. Number one, no job is beneath you. No job is beneath you. Especially when you have a family. No job is beneath you. The power of repetition. Seeing my dad do that over and over and over. When Doris and I, um, we were living in Arkansas, and we moved from Arkansas to Tennessee, moved to Nashville. And I went to work, went to work for the Department of Human Services. And at that time, Ephraim was about two years old. Candace, Doris was pregnant with Candace, so she wasn't working at the time. And so she was working. She was working at Vanderbilt Hospital. I'll take that back. Um, she was working, but between the two of us, there was still, we still needed more money. So I went to work for Manpower. And what Manpower did, they had jobs that were open on weekends. So I had signed up to work on weekends to bring in more money. And when I decided that I didn't want to give up my weekends to make more money, I then picked up a paper route. Ladies and gentlemen, this is 1983, okay? Barry has a son, a daughter on the way, okay? Barry is 26, 27 years old at the time. I had a paper route that I would do at 3.30 in the morning before I went to my regular job. Why? My dad had taught me that as a Father, as a husband, that is your responsibility. The power of repetition. Over and over and over, I saw that. So it was no problem for me to do whatever I needed to do to make sure money was, float, was in coming into the house. Again, my dad taught me, no job is beneath you. No job is beneath you. I thought about the power of repetition and what we are seeing today in our country. And I'm getting a little ahead, and that's okay. 
when the Supreme Court passed or put into law same-sex marriage, and this is the only time you hear me use the word marriage, is same-sex unions. Marriage does not exist outside of this. Okay? So, make a decision now to call it same-sex unions. They are not marriages. Okay? And I remember when the Supreme Court passed a law and then then President Obama lit up the White House with the gay colors as a way of celebrating what happened. And so over time after because, you know, there were still Christians who were unhappy at that time, who were against it, were not crazy about it, knew it was wrong. But over time, ladies and gentlemen, they kept repeating the message about same-sex M's. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go ahead and say it, same-sex marriage. They kept publishing the message, talking about the message. This is now 2022. In a recent survey that I read, it's been a couple of weeks ago, 65% of Christians are okay, have no problem with same-sex marriage. Are, do, are you following me? That's the power of repetition. That's the power of repetition. Now, what we're seeing is There's constant talk in the media, chat rooms, Facebook, social media about transgender, um, gender fluid, choosing your own lifestyle, all of those sort of things. And it's a message that is being hammered, hammered over, over and over right now. The majority of Christians are against transgender athletes competing against biological women. Okay? But I guarantee you, ladies and gentlemen, they keep hammering this message. They keep hammering that message. They keep hammering that message. Five years from now, it may not take that long. You're going to see a majority of the Christians think that that's okay. That's equality. I have news for you. There is no such thing as equality outside of being a child of God. There is nothing in this world that makes us equal, ladies and gentlemen. We are born unequal. I mean, Jamie and L.A., they can tell you that the, the rights and things that they had in Canada are different than those they have here. It's because of where they were born. There is nothing equal about being born into this world. It's always going to be unequal. It's always going to be unjust. And yet you have people telling you that we have to do something to make everyone feel inclusive, be part of things. No, we don't. 
No, we don't. I was having a conversation. Gosh, I didn't know I was going this way, Lord. <laughs> I was having a conversation with um, a friend of mine about the current Supreme Court nominee. And, of course, I'm sure you all have heard that when she was asked the question, what is a woman? She says, I'm not a biologist. And so she couldn't define what a woman was. And so when I heard about that, the first thing I thought about, Biden selected you because you were a woman. <laughs> is that not true? Okay. I know she answered the question the way she did because of being politically correct. She didn't want to offend anyone. And so there are a lot of people who are giving her room to do that. Barry does not. I don't give her room to do that. Either this book, and she's a Christian, ladies and gentlemen. She says she's a Christian, ladies and gentlemen. And anyone who cannot tell me what a woman is based on this book here, I don't give you a pass. I don't give you a pass. And there are so many people giving her a pass because of who she is and her ethnicity. I don't care what your ethnicity is. If you don't agree with this, you don't get a pass. You don't get one. I'm going to come down on you every time. The power of repetition. When you think when you look at what people are saying about the confirmation hearing, they're really pushing hard, hard, hard that all the reason that we're fighting against her being nominated is because she's a black female. That's crap. That's bull honky. That's bull honky. I fight. I'm against her because of what she believes. And, and, and I base what she believed on this book right here. Nothing else matters, ladies and gentlemen. You know, when it comes to making decisions about things, it's easy for Barry. I got this. I got the new nature on the inside of me. It's not hard. The only time it should, it's ever hard for any Christian to stand up and say no to something is because they don't want to. They are afraid to. They think they're, they're going to lose out because they do. God is going to have his revival, ladies and gentlemen. And he's only going to have his revival with those who are willing to draw a line in the sand, put stakes there, and are willing to fall on those stakes, rather than give in to what's going on in this country right now. He's going to have his revival. The only question is now, are you going to be a part of it? That's the only question. That's the only question. And so you have to make that decision. And if you are willing to give someone a pass because you like them or because you want them to have certain things, you're not going to be part of God's revival. You're going to be on the sidelines. On the sidelines. 
And there are way too many of us in the church on the sidelines right now. I would like to say there's no more room on the sideline, but obviously there is. The power of repetition. You know that right now that you can get, is it a boarding pass or what, what do they call it where you can travel overseas? Passport. And you don't have to tell them whether you are a boy or a girl. You can just tell them you are an ex. You are an ex. Ladies and gentlemen, that would not have happened if the message hadn't been complete. Repeated over and over and over that every individual has a right to decide who they want to be. Has a right. I can look at Neil right now and I I can tell you Neil has an XY chromosome. (laughs) You know how I know that? He's a guy. He's a guy. Ariel, look at her. She's got two X's. How do I know? She's a girl. How hard was that? How hard was that? And so somebody can look at Neil and say, if Neil wants to be a girl, he can be one. Because it's all how Neil feels. That is what we have been preached to over and over and over. It's repetition, ladies and gentlemen. And if something is said long enough, if something is said loud enough, at some point, People are going to accept it. Do you hear me? Just because something is said over and over and over does not make it right. But you have people in this country who, yes, we hear it all the time. All the time. We're faced with it on the job all the time. And so it must be it must be okay. God must not have a problem with it because we're seeing it every day. The power of repetition. Over and over and over, we are being told that right is wrong and wrong is right. Over and over and over. Now, I told you the story about my mom and dad. Because I want you to understand something, ladies and gentlemen. You have the power. To create repetition in the minds of people, in the minds of your children, in the minds of your grandchildren, the power of repetition. And which means you simply, this is what you are repeating. I mean, you may not be be repeating scripture verbatim, I understand that, but your life indicates this is what you value. This is what you value. This is what's important to you. And see, that has to be what we show people over and over and over. Because, see, the power of repetition also says that if Barry is doing the same thing over and over and over, if he's telling you the same thing over and over and over, if he's behaving the same way over and over and over, that is what Barry believes. That is what Barry believes. So it's very important 
that we be predictable. Are you following me? We have to be predictable when it comes to this. We don't give any leeway. We don't make any allowances. We don't give you any strings at all. Either you believe this or you don't. And if you are going to be a person who leads this country and you cannot answer honestly about something that is just so obvious, then I question whether or not you need to be a leader of this country. I question that. And see, no one can say Barry is racist by question that. You can't say Barry is racist. Well, I guess I am, because really there's only two races. Either you are born of God or you're not born of God. I guess I am a racist, okay. (laughs) But I want you to understand tonight, ladies and gentlemen, that the enemy of the soul is using the power of repetition to take our country farther and farther and farther away from God. That is exactly what he is doing. And it is up to us in our areas where we live, in the circles that we travel. You know, the, you know uh, Ephesians talks about we walk in a certain way, we have a certain behavior, certain area of conduct, we have a certain place that we always walk and we're around. People need to know who we are and what we stand for. I'm not saying we argue with people, get in their face and make them unhappy. I'm not saying any of that. But when we hear someone say something that it goes against what our father says, this is going to be hard for some people. We cannot be silent. We cannot be silent. We will have to let people know that this is what the Bible says. And it does not matter what you say. This is what the Bible says. And so if you've got to be ready to prune your friends list, you have to be ready to, I hate to say it this way, prune your family list too. Because you're going to have family who are going to come against you. Who are going to come against you. A couple more things. I have family members who have no problem with sleeping with their boyfriend, sleeping with their girlfriend. And you know why they have no problem doing that? The power of repetition. And we have been told over and over and over, it's nothing wrong with that. It's okay. That's the power of repetition. That, and that's the power that can get you from being heaven bound to lake of fire bound. Okay, I want to read one passage. And then we're going to spend about 15 minutes in prayer. And I think this is very important. It's Deuteronomy chapter 6. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, let's pick it up in verse 1. We're talking about the power of repetition. 
Now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded, commanded to teach you that ye might do them in the land whither ye go to possess it. That thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statutes, all his commandments, which I command thee, thou and thy son, and thy son's son, all the days of thy life, and that thy days may be prolonged. Hear, therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, and that ye may increase mightily, as the Lord God of thy fathers has promised thee in the land that floweth with milk and honey. Verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thine soul, and with all thine might. And these words which I command thee this day, shall be in thine heart. Where shall they be? In your heart. Why do they need to be in your heart? Verse 7. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. That's why it needs to be in your heart. So you can teach them diligently. And I know here in Deuteronomy, it's saying unto thy children, but we need to be able to teach them diligently to anyone. Okay? And shall talk of them when thou sit in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontless between thine eyes. And thou shalt, thou shalt write them upon thy post of thy house, and on thy gates. What we are seeing here, ladies and gentlemen, is the power of repetition. This is what we're talking about. That when it comes to our children, we're going to show them, we're going to tell them, we're going to let them see what we believe. When it comes to the people we interact with, we're going to show them, we're going to tell them what we believe. That's the power of repetition. I want to take it one step further. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing. And hearing comes by the word of God. The more we speak, the more repetitive we are in speaking the word, the more faith will come. The power of repetition. The more repetitive we are in speaking the word, the more faith is going to come. It, re it really saddens me that God's house has allowed this to happen. God's house has allowed this to happen. Because you know the Bible says that we are kings and priests, right? Revelation 1, verse 6. Revelation 5, verse 10. But it says we are kings and priests unto God. So we are kings and priests as long as our relationship with God is what Pastor talked about this morning in Amos chapter 3, verse 3. We walk together. If we're not walking with God, we aren't really kings and priests, ladies and gentlemen. And so we need to be kings and priests so that we can slow what's going on in our country. I have no thoughts of thinking that we're going to stop it. We're not. But we can control certain parts of it, especially those parts that affect us and our families and those we love. We can do something about that. 
So I want you to think long and hard about what you can do as repetitive in your life so that those who come in contact with you know you. They don't have to ask you who you are. They don't have to ask anything about you. They know you because they see what you do over and over. Let's take the next 15 minutes and just spend some time in prayer. And I hope you brought uh, pencil and paper because the Lord may talk to you. I'll see you in about 15 minutes. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Before I close tonight, I want to encourage you. In 2000, pastor in, it's the June 2008 teaching letter, his June 2008 teaching letter. He talks, it's, it's basically a prophecy about what we are seeing today. This is 2008, ladies and gentlemen. Then again, I also want you to take a look at, at February and March of 2013. It's also a prophecy that talks about in detail, really, what we are seeing today. So I wanted to mention that to you because what we are seeing, it has been prophesied. And if you've read those, those teaching letters or heard those messages, none of this is a surprise. It's just a confirmation that, yeah, God said it was coming. It's here. But in those same messages, he talks about how to deal with what we're seeing today. So I encourage you to take a look at both the June 2008 and then the February and March. I'm sorry, January and February of 2013. Everyone, please stand.